0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Murder down the
1: hill. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lee, And this is Ghost Town.
0: A potential new lead in the unsolved murders of 13 year old Abby Williams and 14 year old Libby German, those two eighth grade girls last seen Snapchatting on a hiking trail in Delphi, Indiana in 2017. But
2: despite this video and audio of the suspect taken from Libby's cell phone, just four years ago, two teenage girls were murdered in Delphi, Indiana. The case is horrifying, but the evidence collected by one of the very brave young victims makes it really intriguing, frustrating, and also perhaps solvable. Today, I'm going to be talking about the murder of Abby Williams and Libby German, also known as the Delphi Murders. 13-year-old Abigail J. Abby Williams and 14-year-old Liberty Rose Lynn Libby German were best friends and pretty typical, like, good kid-type teenagers. They both loved sports, their friends, their family, Libby was part of the swim team and was intent on helping people. She wanted to go to college, get married, and study to be a physician. Abby, on the other hand, wasn't sure what she wanted and preferred exploring and wandering around Delphi. Again, just being like a normal, young teenager, late middle schooler. It was 1.35 p.m. on Monday, February 13th, 2017, that Libby and Abby were dropped off by Libby's older sister, Kelsey, on Country Road 300 North. The girls didn't have school that day, and it was a really nice afternoon. Again, in Indiana, that doesn't happen very often. So they decided to take a hike on the city's historic Deer Creek trails east of Delphi. At 2.07 p.m., Libby posted a photo of Abby walking on the Minone High Bridge over Deer Creek. This was the last anyone would hear from either of them. And the photo itself, too, you can find it online. It's really sweet, and it's just, it's so innocent. It's like two girls Exploring the woods, which is something I did as a child, and I'm sure a lot of people did too, around noon, about half a mile from the high bridge where Libby had photographed Abby the afternoon before, they were reported missing at 5.30 p.m. that day after they didn't show up to meet Libby's grandfather, Mike, at 3.15 p.m. as planned. The families initially just went to the trails and searched, then they called the police. The search for the missing girls formally started then with local authorities. That night, the search was called off because of darkness, but it resumed at daybreak on February 14th, 2017, with hundreds of community volunteers, including Libby and Abby's classmates and friends, joining police and firefighters in the search. Around noon, about half a mile from the high bridge where Libby had photographed Abby the afternoon before, one of the searchers found Libby and Abby's bodies, found according to law enforcement officers where they were killed. Of course, the community, especially the middle school students, were incredibly upset, really broken. This was, and I want to state this, Delphi was a small town. This didn't happen there. People knew each other very, you know, well, and everyone trusted each other. It was one of those towns. The middle school hired grief counselors, security. The Delphi church held a vigil that night. And I I may have said Delphi earlier. I believe it's Delphi. I'm going to go with that. Nine days after the discovery of the murdered girls, police revealed a still of the video and also audio that Libby, again, really heroically captured on her mobile phone, which was found on her body. Police believed Libby recognized that they were in danger when a man approached them and turned on her phone's video camera. The angle of the video indicates that she had her phone down low, possibly next to a pocket in her clothing. While the police have not exactly said what happened next, it is believed Libby then concealed the phone in her pocket with the video camera still on the man depicted in the video is a caucasian male his hands in his pockets walking on the rail bridge head down toward the girls he seems like an older guy kind of a guy that you think is would walk through the woods maybe a loner again it's hard to really say from the still that was initially released he looked threatening he especially to two you know young teenage girls A few days later, the person in the photograph was named the prime suspect in the double homicide and nicknamed Bridge Guy, or BG for short, and especially to the vibrant Reddit community who is actively discussing this case. On February 22nd, police released audio from Libby's phone, hoping to get more leads from the community. It is garbled, but you can hear a deep male voice saying, Down the hill maybe indicating he forced them to walk under the bridge. Police indicated the additional evidence from the phone had been secured, but that they didn't release it so it wouldn't compromise any future trial. By this time, the reward offered in the case was set at $41,000. The day after, 2,000 more tips came in to the Indiana State Police based on the audio alone. The FBI got involved at this point because so many tips kept coming in, they couldn't manage to do it alone. On Thursday, March 9th, Sergeant John Perrine from the Indiana State Police said, based on donations and fundraisers, the reward had surpassed $224,000, and the police received more than 11,000 tips. On Friday, March 17th, Indiana State Police, the FBI, and the Carroll County Sheriff's deputies served a search warrant to the home and property of Ron Logan, who owned the area where the bodies of Abby and Libby were found in February. Unfortunately, they did not find anything, any information,
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello. How are you? Hello. Hello. Just checking in. We are. Thank you for listening.
1: We want to say hello to anyone who's listening, mm-hmm. any of our patrons, and of course, our government, mm-hmm. the mayors, a little Ben Forsyth. Hello. A little Joshua Lambert. Hi. A little Ashley Matson. Hello and our beloved mm. beloved governor 10 out of 10 i, I would, yeah definitely I would give 10 out of 10 must govern must govern
2: sure. if you need it she will provide it
1: avian noble I want to say thank you to our government to anyone who's listening and, and is a patron and you can get bonus episodes early access no ads you no know, chit chat like this at Mm-mm. patreon.com slash ghost town pod got new bonus episode out got a new video out on youtube.com slash jason horton there's a link in the description and i know this is going to break a couple of hearts but no apple podcast reviews this week we'll bring it back next week if you haven't yet please give it a, a rate and review and we will read it on here and if we haven't read yours yet sometimes the the way it just doesn't come through immediately, mm-hmm. so it it's not real-time, so we might have to wait Patience. for Apple Podcasts to digest it and spit it back out at us.
2: Yeah, when the time comes, you will know. Just keep listening.
1: And I guess without further ado, we'll get back to... I guess
2: let's go back to Delphi, Indiana. On Monday, July 17th, the police released a composite sketch. Two months later, a man named Daniel Nations is arrested in Colorado for having an expired Indiana license plate, and police say he could be the person in the sketch. He could be linked to the Delphine murders. People get excited about this, you know, in a way where we can give some closure to this case. Police later confirm that he was living in Indiana and homeless at the time of the murders. So he goes back to Indiana on February 4th, 2018, because Nations failed to register as a sex offender. But in early February 2018, authorities said that Nations was no longer considered an active person of interest in the Delphi murders. The composite sketch, again, more tips came in at that point, too. I guess they kind of look alike, but this composite sketch, kind of like the still, could be many white guys out in Indiana. It's hard. It doesn't really give you a ton to work with. And again, hence all of the tips. On Monday, April 19th, 2019, Indiana State Police announced a new direction in the case and also new materials. The first new material is a short video recording of the blue-jeaned and jacketed suspect walking along the rail bridge for a little over a second. The police note that because of the deteriorated condition of the bridge, the suspect might not be walking naturally due to the space between the ties. Of course, there's postulation, too, that the person could walk fine on a bridge and he may have had a handicap or walked with a, you know, a non-normal gait. Just trying to give maybe more leads as to who bridge guy is or giving him some more distinction than we could. So what else do we get? A new composite sketch is released. The sketch looks very different from the first composite sketch In a a lot of ways. If you compare them, the sketch looks a lot younger than the first one. The police now believe that the suspect is between the ages of 18 and 40 and may look, again, younger than his true age. He also doesn't have a goatee like the first sketch. And at the same time, police reveal more audio from Libby's phone. Police think that the killer lives or works in the Delphi area and or visits the area frequently and maybe even had been interviewed during the investigation. He is for sure familiar with the area and might be hiding in plain sight. A lot of people think this because the bridge was really remote. When you lead someone through the woods, you're usually familiar with the area in as much as, you know, committing a murder there. In more of the audio clip, you can hear a man saying it what may have been part of his initial approach to the girls. You can hear the word guys before the familiar down the hill phrase. So we don't get a ton from the audio, just guys. But but again, Guys is something. Guys would mean maybe you're familiar with someone. Guys is a colloquialism from the Midwest. In a lot of ways, people think that because of that, it might be a a teacher. But again, would a teacher address their students as guys? I don't know. It just feels familiar. So who did this? It may have been Daniel Nations. Again, we talked about that, but he was no longer a suspect at this point. Another person of interest was Thomas Bruce, who formerly worked as a pastor and was charged with fatally shooting one woman and sexually assaulting two others after having ordered them at gunpoint into the back room of a suburban St. Louis shop for religious supplies. Some there were some similarities between that case and the Delphi murders. So Bruce committed his crimes in broad daylight on November 19th, 2018. He's also similarly built to the man in the clip around five foot seven, five foot nine inches. But again, it's hard to verify the height of the person in the clip. Also, he was wearing a flat cap and navy blue jacket during his attack, again, bearing some similarity to the Delphi suspect. On December 4th, Bruce was charged with 17 felony counts related to the St. Louis case and is in jail awaiting trial. It could be a man named Charles Eldridge, who also looks like the old composite sketch. He was arrested on January 8th, 2019 in Union City, Indiana, on charges of child molestation and child solicitation. A lot of people on Reddit talk about it being a school employee, like I mentioned before, as everyone was out of school that day. Or it could have been someone who worked at the school. Again, what, what would make these girls feel comfortable enough to maybe not run away? Where's the line? Or, you know, uncomfortable enough to start taking video. Another theory is that it was someone who worked at the nearby meat packing plant. There was a plant not too far from this wooded area. And a lot of the times the workers would come down into the forest to take a break or smoke or whatever. Either way, unfortunately, the Delphi murder is still unsolved and far from cold. Just three weeks ago, an anonymous donor put $100,000 into the reward fund meant to solve the case. So now the reward for information leading to a conviction in the case has increased to $325,000, which is incredible. It's great that people are still talking about this and caring about this. And also something nice maybe coming from this tragedy, Kelsey German, Libby's older sister who is now 21, she is studying psychology and forensic science at Purdue University to help homicide victims' families. She also helped create an app called Crime Door that allows people to investigate cases themselves. In the Delphi murdered case, it gives you a map and case information and takes you right to the high bridge, creating a simulation to what the girls may have seen or experienced on that day. To me, this feels like a case that with enough people investigating and with enough of a spotlight on it could be solved, and also we don't know how much the police have in terms of other footage from the phone, which is something that frustrates a lot of people, myself included.
1: You know, I, I've heard of this case, just you know, all, which is great. A lot of people have covered it, and there's a lot of conversation happening, and it seems so close, mm-hmm. close in time. It just feels like it's on the verge of getting solved or getting some kind of closure if you described a trailer to a movie like this i'd be Mm -hmm. like wow what a what a what a really interesting compelling movie but it's real and it's current where you're dealing with instead of not just oh can you you know a composite sketch you're dealing with video and and digital where Mm -hmm. it's not missing it's there like the person didn't think like unless they have a cell phone let me take that away not maybe not being aware of those things or just wasn't thinking at the time, I don't know, but that makes it, when you have a little bit of tiny bit of audio and a tiny bit of video, like you said, even the word guys Mm -hmm. could theoretically solve the case. One word can do that and think about how much video is taken and we take every single day, how many Mm -hmm. photos where just one word can match somebody's voice or cadence or whatever. I've I've also, uh, I think a lot of true crime People probably on YouTube as well, but on TikTok, talk about Crime Door a lot. This is one of those, you know, if you, when you're talking about a, you know something that happened in like 1935. I don't know how much coverage will help. Yeah, maybe it will, but when it's something that's just a few years old and so close, like it feels so close, I, I think it's really great that a lot of people are cover, covering it. If I'm really surprised that 325,000 is if somebody knew something it was like mm-hmm. i can't be bought unless you are a prominent social or government figure yeah. you're going to be like i'm going to sell out somebody that i totally. would would normally sell out for $325,000 i feel like somebody knows something which is I yeah. a lot we all say a lot and i and i think i mean that that amount would be especially if the person's a bad person it's not you know a matter of like oh you're you know you, you don't question your own uh, morality on this one mm-hmm. uh, they must really, you know, maybe people just don't know. But I, I feel like as people if people keep talking about it and there's the rewards big enough, there's probably at least one person alive that knows something. And that's yeah. a very, very interesting place to be uh, with a case like this.
2: I was reading an interview with the sheriff about this case, and they asked him what the single most difficult part of solving this case or why it hasn't been solved yet. And he was like, because this guy didn't talk to anyone. Because this person who looks like a generic, as generic as you can really come, went into the woods, killed two girls and just vanished. You know, like they don't know the ties. Obviously, they can't get an identification on him. So really, the only thing is people hopefully recognizing the changing composite sketches and maybe the voice, but even the voice, again, I urge you to visit the clip. It's really terrifying. I listened to it late last night and I was like, well, time to not go to bed. There's not there's not that much, you know. But also, like, I just want to emphasize, too, like, this 13-year-old girl, scared probably out of her mind, decided to, like, turn on her phone and take video. And there's something very empowering that this happened at this time that we can maybe have more things to get to who did this then in 1935 kind of a thing. And, and yeah, nah, would I have done that as a small middle schooler? I don't know. Like how incredible is that?
1: And also hope, you know, the thought would be if this person plans on, or has done it to other people and might put an end to that, which finding out who this person is. So definitely it's like just super brave and in, in, mm-hmm. in a time where you don't know what you do in that case. And, you know, the, we talk about a lot about, you know, technology and how negative it can be, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's exactly what you need. And I if anyone knows anything, you know, put the word yeah, out there and just keep absolutely. keep keep talking about it and, and the number um,
2: is I don't have it in my notes right now, but it's everywhere for tips. Yeah, um, we'll put it in the description yeah, and any links and good. stuff like that. So totally. You know. And Reddit, I mean people are people have continued to talk about this case. There's something very again, it's like innocent and compelling It reminds me a little bit of serial, too, where it's like, you know, like the loss of innocence kind of a thing. And also, after I did this, I went down a wormhole in terms of, like, people's last texts and phone. Like, there's this whole new dimension that technology brings to cases like this that is terrifying and eerie and helpful. Like, it's all of those things. Phones. They can be good sometimes.